0: Hey, you're listening to the Jan Hofmann podcast. I'm sitting here with Charlie Silver, a very experienced executive in advertising and in the blockchain space, also some brick and mortar experience. Charlie, why don't you introduce yourself really quick to the audience?
1: Hi, Jan, thanks so much for having me on. I'm Charlie Silver, CEO uh, and founder of Permission.io. I'm a career entrepreneur, I've been building startups for over 30 years. I had a very big success with a company called RealAge, which was an early dot-com company that collected data, over 300 data points on people's health and well-being. And then we would ask them permission to opt in to use that data. And it was a very elegant advertising model for everything in the pharmaceutical, health, hygiene space. We sold it for over $100 to Hearst Corporation. And then subsequently, I started a publicly traded financial services company that had nine publicly traded exchange-traded funds, including the first blockchain equity ETF with the ticker PLCN. And then we started Permission.io, which is really the second generation of real age, which rewards people for sharing their data and allows people to really take ownership, which is so fundamental to Web3. Mm -hmm.
0: Interesting, I see, got it. How is it to run a publicly traded or a company that is offering publicly traded ETFs? Uh, How is that? Because there's a lot of regulation from what I understand around it, right?
1: Yeah, well, listen, when you know the regulations, they're not hard to deal with. It's in the crypto space today in the US, where you don't know the regulations, which <laughs> makes it difficult. When you when everything's published and you know everybody knows the rules, it's not a big deal. It's just when you don't know the rules is when it becomes difficult.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. And I assume you think that there should be regulation around this, or because I think from what I understand, I'm not extremely into blockchain, but from what I understand, there's really no regulation around this at all, right?
1: Well, in the United States, there's a bunch of stuff that's ambiguous. There are certain regulations that the SEC has, but uh, they don't have clear regulations around digital assets and cryptocurrency. And we're waiting for that to happen. I actually believe when that happens in the United States, that's when Web3 and crypto really explodes. Because... There's trillions of dollars of institutional money in the United States, always looking for a return. And just a little small fraction of that money going into digital assets is going to explode the sector.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of apprehension around people getting into it simply because there's no clear regulation in place. Right.
1: Well, that's true. But. um a vast majority of cryptocurrencies are just speculative vehicles you know but they're still that doesn't mean there's quite a few assets that don't have real usefulness and real utility so just because a lot of them are just pure speculation doesn't mean that they're they're all bad so we're going to need us regulation but our coin ask is regulated in switzerland under swiss Finma. So that's, uh, we've sought out
0: regulation. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And how does that work uh, compared to the US, the Swiss system?
1: Well, they just have very clear rules about what you can and cannot do and what, the trans- what you need to disclose. You know, it's all about disclosure and there's nothing, nobody's hiding anything. It's all transparent. And that's really the fundamental principle is being 100% transparent about all activities. And that's one of the benefits of a blockchain is blockchains are transparent and you can see all of the activity versus fiat currency where nobody knows what's going on.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it just either goes up or down, but you can't really see like a record anywhere. It's very interesting. What made you get into uh, sort of like this cryptocurrency slash web free space from the previous venture that you had? because like, they must also feel pretty pretty good to, uh, to sell a company for 100 million, right? Um could you walk me through how how that went as well like how what needed to happen to prepare the company for sale? Uh, what were some of the challenges with that? Really curious to hear about it.
1: Well, real age was a very successful company. It was, you know, we were doing quite a bit of revenue and we were very profitable over you know, 12 years. And uh, we had an enormous amount of PR. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dr. Mehmet Oz, who took over the Oprah slot, but he was my partner. Mm -hmm. He was our spokesperson. And, you know, it's just building a successful, profitable company. And then there's lots of big institutions that are interested in acquiring you. So at the end of the day, it's, are you growing your revenue and profits? And when that happens, you attract acquisition
0: Mm -hmm. makes sense gotcha and who did you wind up selling it to so was that a competitor who was concerned around the market share
1: i don't know if you're familiar with the hearst corporation they're the world's biggest magazine publisher okay yeah they publish you know just hundreds of magazines you know but they also own television stations all kinds of uh, media operations newspapers
0: Yeah. So for them, what they were getting out of the transaction was also to kind of like secure additional or a footing in the more evolving online space, right?
1: Yeah. No, they wanted to get a bigger footing in the digital marketing space.
0: Mm -hmm. Interesting.
1: And the migration to permission is really just the next generation of digital advertising where individuals control their data versus the big you know google facebook amazon it's the, the core principle of the next generation of the internet is individuals will choose which advertisers they want to share their data with and not allow the big platforms to just sell it repackage it and sell it for their purposes it's users or individuals will opt in on a one to one basis directly with an advertiser and an advertiser will offer them rewards or value to do so. And that's everything that we're building from our own native token to all the infrastructure is to enable an advertiser to reward a user to share their data and opt in to get ads.
0: Mm-hmm. And how is this different from RealAge?
1: Well, RealAge was uh, we didn't use a cryptocurrency for a reward, we used content or how people can be healthier so that was the value but the concept of opting in to receive value is as old as marketing you know i mean going back 100 years i mean you know it's if somebody's going to participate give me something of value right and you see that with rewards programs and travel etc and all of digital advertising is going to be based on rewarding users or their engagement and their data.
0: Mm -hmm. Interesting, yeah. It's a a really interesting dynamic, right? Because people in general, they get concerned around data privacy, right? There's also like I do have a marketing business myself, right? There's quite a bit of sort of like this fear, quote unquote, in the industry that Google, they're going to block the tracking as well, right? And people aren't going to into it. iOS, they've already done it, I believe more or less exactly two years ago, right? I don't know the exact date, but just minus. So like, it really seems like people in general would, like I can really see how people would want more, control over this and as well as how advertisers need to kind of get traction in a way that has permission sort of built in, right? Because it just wasn't really regulated, right? It's like, it's probably not as extreme (laughs) as the blockchain space, right? But a lot of the advertising space still somewhat feels like the Wild West, right? Right like depending on the platform you're looking at as well, for example, Taboola and Outbrain, just because they have a lot less regulation as well in terms of what you can advertise versus what you cannot advertise. So it's definitely an interesting thought. Do you have any numbers already in regards to how many people are interested in this, uh, how many people are signing up, uh, et cetera, et cetera?
1: Yeah, and to comment on what you said before, I mean, there are regulations around data, It is going to change advertising. I mean, in Europe, I'm I'm sure you're familiar (laughs) with GDPR. I mean, Facebook and Google have already been fined billions. But in the U.S., it's happening as well. Several states have adopted laws more stringent than GDPR, particularly in California. There's something called the California Privacy Rights Act, which is going to change how data is used in advertising. So the world of digital advertising is going to be changing. It's all going to be focused on individual control. You see it already in the Apple ecosystem. Apple apps have to ask permission to use personal data. So it's all changing. As far as our user base, you know, for a Web3 company, we have about a half a million opt-ins right now but we're just getting ready to start scaling.
0: That's great, awesome. So how do you generally go about, like what would you say is your main kind of like expertise or day-to-day responsibility of the company? So are you leading the development team? Uh, Are you basically more in charge of the strategy? What does your kind of like day-to-day look like?
1: Well, okay, so yeah, As a CEO founder, I'm absolutely in charge of the strategy and the mission. And our mission is to enable users to own and earn from their data and allow brands to ask permission and to create our token as the most commonly used reward in digital advertising. So that's our focus. And uh, I'm mostly focused on you know, big business development deals and making sure the company is properly capitalized. So we are not profitable. So I have to continue to raise capital to make sure we're funded. So that's my primary focus and, you know, making sure we have the right leaders on the team.
0: Okay, so it's basically people plus strategy, like on a very high level, right?
1: And money. And making sure we
0: get money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Finance, for sure. Makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. Was it ever like very ever in a situation where you were more involved specifically with managing technical people or did you always have this sort of focus on these three areas?
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm not good at managing technical people. We have a VP of engineering who does a great job and, and no, I've always been focused on making sure we have capital and making sure we have the right people and then i get out of the way
0: Mm -hmm. makes sense and let them do their kind of responsibilities got it how do you go about finding uh for example vice president of engineering
1: well you know what there's no magic formula you just gotta you know interview a lot of people and you know you may hire people and they may not be the right fit and you have to go through a lot of people until you get the right team so it's just a process there's no magic formula
0: makes sense yeah are there specific traits with that position that you're looking for in general or what for which position the vice president of engineering
1: yeah no it's just somebody who's got very deep computer software engineering and who's got experience and managing teams and you know, building software is no different than building a building. You need architects, you need management, and then you need, you know, the masonry and electricians and et cetera. So you need, you know, a general manager to manage the projects and then very specific skills within it.
0: Got it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then with mission, like how do you make sure, for example, if Facebook, this was a really big thing, uh, I know with Outbrain and Tabula for a fact, like there was a really big trend among advertisers to just advertise these military flashlights and then basically not deliver them. <laughs> so, how do you, uh, like, how do you make sure sort of advertisers can do what they need to do in order to drive results, right? Like for their clients, for themselves, if they're doing it in-house, versus making sure at the same time that people sort of don't lose goodwill uh, with the advertising platform that you're providing?
1: Yeah, no, we're we're only working with tier one advertisers. I mean, listen, the most important thing an advertiser has is trust yeah Of course, there are scams out there, but we're not dealing with any scammy kind of organization. So you know trust and credibility is everything in a brand. Mm-hmm. That's why people advertise. They don't ever you know, so it, that that issue is just not an issue for us of dealing with
0: mm-hmm. Got it. yeah
1: those types of players.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And then how do you make sure that, let's give like, what are the kind of rules that you have in place for that? Is there a minimum spend? How exactly does it work?
1: Well, yeah, there's a minimum spend of about 10, 10 grand, but, uh, you know, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, you know, advertisers pay to reach a certain number of people and, you know, then you measure the success based on click-throughs and other sign-up metrics. So it's not any different than really what Google and Facebook offer. I mean, we like to think of ourselves as a bridge between Web 2 and Web 3.
0: Mm -hmm. So... What made you get into? Because uh, you were running a brick and mortar business for a bit more than a decade, from what I've seen by researching. Can you walk me through a little bit about the thought process of transitioning out of that into sort of a more developing, faster growing field?
1: Well, yeah, I ran a brick and mortar business, my first company, but you know that was in the '90s, and with the internet coming on board, I mean, I just was very excited about. You know, it's hard. You're probably too young to remember or even know about when the internet first became popular and what a, you know, it really was or is the greatest invention in in humankind. I mean, and what it's going to do to history and productivity and everything. I mean, so I was very excited to be part of it. And I just put all my attention into building digital companies, which I've been doing for the last 25 years.
0: Mm -hmm. Interesting. And how did you experience, uh, because there were a couple financial crises that you went through, I guess, right? Because there was the the dot-com bubble, then there was uh, real estate 2008. Um, How did you experience those dynamics?
1: Yeah, well, the dot-com bust was huge. You know, it was very difficult. And, uh, you know, you just got to you know, it's, you just got to fight through it. I mean, there's no, again, there's no magic formula for anything. It's just the word grit and determination, and that's persistence. And just, you know, we're sort of going through that again with Web3, you know, and the crypto winter, it's not as bad as the dot-com bus, but when FTX and Celsius and Three Arrows Capital and Voyager, all these Big companies blew up, you know, it's very similar to the dot com bust.
0: I guess there's some upside as well. that comes from this because there's more talent available on the market space, right? Specifically, like with tech, I think there's this big dynamic as well that at the moment uh, or like recently, there's been a lot of tech layoffs where companies like Facebook, Google, etc. they laid off people, right? So there's also some opportunity within that because a, I think the talent gets freed up, and then also B, you get uh, like it weeds out a lot of the competition that isn't as serious about the space, as serious about acquiring the position you want to acquire. Um, so I think there's also quite a bit of potential upside within this, right?
1: Well, uh, that's exactly correct, and you know markets all, you know, are wonder- are amazing things, and they flush out the weak players and the strong players emerge and that's exactly right the stronger players get the better capital get the better people and you know the business models that are strong survive and and it keeps away a lot of competition who you know may have dived in in a raging bull market but in a bear market they say well it's going to be too tough so yeah markets are good cleanser cleansing apparatus you know it's a it's a a part of nature you know it's it's just it's natural to have these booms and busts and cleansing periods Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it's also interesting how i mean it's not predictable right because at the end it's uh, people's emotions that do play a role with this as well but in terms of the timing, how it's always around 10 years plus minus, right? Sometimes it's eight, sometimes it's a little bit longer. It's really interesting how how cyclical this is, right? It's kind of like the, like on a very, from a very abstract point of view, right? It's kind of like the four seasons in a year or something like this, right? Where it's like, as you mentioned, uh, the crypto winter, right? And then eventually spring, summer, autumn, etc. it all just kind of cycles through it over time right and i think a big thing with it as well so just kind of makes people more what's the word um, like i don't want to say delusional because i think that's the wrong word but just overly optimistic and then overly pessimistic as well at certain points of time depending on where they are or how they are experiencing the cycle at any specific moment right
1: well that's correct and that's uh you know and it's our job as managers to just manage through that period of over-optimism and over-pessimism. And, you know, it's difficult. I mean, being an entrepreneur, it's not for everybody. Let's just put it that way. You got to have a lot of, be willing to take a lot of punches and uh, stabs in the back and just keep moving forward.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. How, sorry for jumping topics topic so quickly, but basically how do you go about raising capital in general? So what's your sort of approach to that?
1: Again, there's no magic formula. You know, it's, you got to find the, you know, it's just like any sale. You got to find the right audience, the right customer, the right investor for your project and, you know, and make sure it's a good fit. And it takes a lot of work. I mean, to and you got to hear a lot of no's. <laughs> you just got to, Keep hearing a lot of no's and just keep going forward till you get the yes.
0: Mm -hmm. Got it, okay, so basically boils down to sort of persistence again at the end of the day.
1: Exactly, nothing can replace it. There's no magic formula for any of this. You know, it's just a lot of hard work and determination.
0: Mm -hmm. For sure, makes sense, great. Cool, then how did you go about hiring for, because, like in terms of company size, right? With the with real age, uh, the initial, I'm not sure if Ad Network is the right way for it. How would you sort of call it? Well,
1: it was a platform. It was a platform for people to learn about their health and well being, share data, and opt in. And that's basically what uh, permission is it's a platform for people to share data and opt in to brands, but they get rewarded with a token to to do that,
0: so. Got it, interesting. So do you have any, like if you're not comfortable sharing this, that's fine. Do you have any data in regards to how competitive it is for an advertiser to advertise permission IO versus other networks?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're seeing a very big increase in return on ad spend, but it is advertiser specific. You know, people that are, Looking to reach male, 18 to 40, do extremely well on our platform, you know, and that's uh, it's a better performance than others, significantly better.
0: Mm-hmm. Got it. Simply because there's more data for you guys to work with because that's the bulk of uh, the audience on the platform, right?
1: Correct. Mm-hmm.
0: So what would you say? What kind of like industries have you seen do uh, best on the platform?
1: Yeah, it's other Web3 companies like the big exchanges, wallets, custodians, and other crypto projects. But we're branching out into areas like financial services, insurance, real estate, I mean, healthcare. We're now branching out to many other sectors, but we've been pretty focused on the Web3 sector.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which makes sense, because that's the audience who gets the value proposition that you have pretty intuitively, right? They don't have to kind of like think very hard to understand it, or they have to go through all of these extra steps, create a wallet to sign up, because they already have a wallet, right, I guess? No, no, that's exactly correct. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. So how did you go about hiring staff for VLedge? because that company grew quite a bit, right? So how did you go about finding people for them?
1: You know, again, there's no magic formula. You run ads, you hire recruiters, you network, you know, there's no, again, no magic formula. There's, you know, you run ads and, you know, for a very difficult job, you can hire a recruiter, you know, that specializes in a particular area. So it's a combination, again, And referrals are a big aspect of it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why do you think referrals work so well?
1: Well, it's no different than uh, going on a date. If you get introduced to somebody by a friend, they're going to know your likes, dislikes, your culture, et cetera. You know, same thing. No no difference between getting introduced to a friend through a friend. Right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, because they have similar values to the people that are already working for you at the end of the day, right? Correct. Great. Awesome. Charlie, how can people find you if you want to learn more about Permission.io, maybe how to advertise, whatever it is?
1: Yeah, no, thank you for that. Go to Permission.io. For users, they can set up an account, get a wallet if you don't have one, and you could start earning crypto and NFTs. Right away, without having to send money to an exchange, you can earn it on our platform at permission.io. There's a tab for advertisers that can fill out a form. You can follow me on Twitter at charliesilver.eth is my Twitter handle. And uh, you can follow permission.io on LinkedIn and Twitter and Telegram and Discord, all the social
0: media platforms. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Great. Awesome. Then, yeah, thanks for being a guest and being open for this interview, taking the time for this. Really appreciate it.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.